And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is April 24th, 114th day of the year. 251 days remain to the year's over with. For those that are not familiar with what's going on, the ultra-left has won their war with Tucker Carlson. I understand this show's been canceled. The, uh, you know, all the folks that have been raising hell amount to less than 2% of the population, but they're dictating to the rest of us because everybody's afraid of being called racist. Well, holidays and national days, this is action day for tolerance and respect between people. It's also Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. The Coronation Day of Pope Benedict XVI. Fashion Revolution Day. And a National Day of Multilateralism and Diplomacy for Peace. Yeah, another comedy day. National Brandon Day. National Pigs in a Blanket Day. National Skipping Day. New Kids on the Block Day. Now that is a total waste of a day. And it's Scream Day and World Day for Animals and Laboratories. And Yom Hazakaron, the official Remembrance Day of Fallen Soldiers and Victims of Terrorism. Well, in uh, 1479 B.C., Tutmos III ascends to the throne of Egypt, although power effectively shifts to Hatshepsut, according to the low chronology of the 18th dynasty. She was known as the female pharaoh. 1183 B.C., traditional reckoning of the fall of Troy, marking the end of the legendary Trojan War given by the chief librarian in the Library of Alexandria, uh, Eratosthenes, among others. 1547 A.D., Battle of Wolberg, Duke of Alba, commanding Spanish imperial forces under Charles I of Spain, defeats the troops of the Smalcaldic League. 1556, Mary, Queen of Scots, marries the Dauphin of France, Francois, at the Notre Dame du Paris. 1704, the first regular newspaper in British colonial America, the Boston Newsletter, is published. 1793, French revolutionary John Paul Marat is acquitted by the Revolutionary Tribunal of Charges brought by the Girondin of Paris. 1800, Library of Congress is established when President Adams signs legislation to appropriate $5,000 to purchases books as may be necessary for the use of Congress. <clears throat> the only thing use they made of them is the the short ones put them in their chairs so they could sit on them. 1837, a great fire in Surat, city of India, caused more than 500 deaths and destruction in more than 9,000 houses. 1877, Russo-Turkish War. Russian Empire declares war on the Ottoman Empire. 1885, American sharpshooter Annie Oakley is hired by Nate Salisbury to be part of Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. 1895, Joseph Slocum, the first person to sail single-handedly around the world, set sail from Boston, Massachusetts aboard the sloop Spray. 1913, the World Worth Building, a skyscraper in New York City, is opened. In 1914, the Frank Hertz experiment, a pillar of Quantum mechanics is presented to the German Physical Society. 1915, the arrest of 250 Armenian intellectuals and community leaders in Istanbul marks the beginning of the Armenian Genocide. 1916, Easter Rising. Irish rebels led by Patrick Pierce and James Connolly launch an uprising in Dublin against British rule and they proclaim an Irish Republic. 1916, Ernest Shackleton and five men of the Imperial Transantarctic Expedition launch a lifeboat from an inhabited Elephant Island in the Southern Ocean to organize a rescue for the crew of the Sunken Endurance. That was his ship, don't you know? 
1918, World War I, first tank-to-tank combat during the uh, Second Battle of Villers Bretonneau. Three British Mark IVs meet three German A7Vs. 1922, first segment of the Imperial Wireless Chain providing wireless telegraphy between Lee Field and Oxfordshire, England, and Cairo, Egypt goes into operation. 1924, Thorvald Stoning becomes Premier of Denmark. That was his first term. 1926, the Treaty of Berlin is signed. Germany and the Soviet Union each pledge neutrality in the event of an attack on the other by a third party for the next five years. 1932, Benny Rothman leads the mass trespass of Kinder Scout, leading to substantial legal reforms in the United K. 1933, Nazi Germany begins the prosecution of Jehovah's Witnesses by shutting down the Watchtower Society office in Magdeburg. 1944, World War II, the SBS launches a raid against the garrison of Santorini in Greece. For those who are not familiar with the SBS, it's the Special Boat Service. That's a Special Forces unit of the United Kingdom's Royal Navy. It, uh began as the Army Special Boat Section, formed in 1940 during the Second World War. 1953, Winston Churchill is knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. 1955, the Bandung Conference ends. 29 non-aligned nations of Asia and Africa finish a meeting that condemns colonialism, racism, and the Cold War. 1957, Suez Crisis. The Suez Canal is reopened following the introduction of Unit of peacekeepers into the region. 1963, marriage of Princess Alexandra of Kent to Angus O'Gilvie at Westminster Abbey in London. 1965, civil war breaks out in the Dominican Republic and Colonel Francisco Camaño overthrows the triumvirate that had been in power since the coup d'etat against uh, Juan Bosch. 1967, cosmonaut Vladimir Komarov dies in Soyuz 1 when its parachute fails to open. He's the first human to die during a space mission. 1967, also saw the Vietnam War going on. American General William S. Moreland says in a news conference, the enemy had gained support in the U.S. It gives him hope he can win politically, that which he cannot win militarily, and he was absolutely correct. The uh, 1970 China launches Dong Fang Hong One, becoming the fifth nation to put a, nation to put an object into orbit using its own booster. And for those that are not familiar, Fox has just confirmed Tucker Carlson is out. The Liberals have won. Also in 1970, the Gambia uh, becomes a republic within the Commonwealth of Nations with Dada Jarawa as its first president. 1988, U.S. servicemen die in Operation Eagle Claw as they attempt to end the Iran hostage crisis. That was a uh, Jimmy Carter special, don't you know? 1990, STS-31, the Hubble Space Telescope, is launched from the Space Shuttle Discovery. 1990, Grenard Island, Scotland, is officially declared free of the anthrax after 48 years of quarantine. 1993, an IRA bomb devastates the Bishopgate area of London. 1994, Douglas DC-3 ditches in Botany Bay after takeoff from Sydney Airport. All 25 people on board survive. 1996, in the U.S., the Unterrorism Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996 is passed into law. 2004, U.S. lifts economic sanctions imposed on Libya 18 years previously as a reward for its cooperation eliminating weapons of mass destruction. Yes, they eliminated something that they now say doesn't exist. 2005, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger is inaugurated as the 265th Pope of the Catholic Church, taking the name Pope Benedict XVI. 2011, WikiLeaks starts publishing the Guantanamo Bay Files leak. 2013, a building collapses in Dhaka, Bangladesh, killing 1,129 people, injuring 2,500 others. Also in 2013, violence in Baku County, 
Kashgar Prefecture in China's Xinjiang now results in the death of 21 people. Well, it's interesting, you know, that um, we've got something coming up here in the local elections called Proposition K, which is going to be everything to everybody. It's going to eliminate climate, uh, global warming, this, that, and the other. Basically, it's an excuse to spend an inordinate amount of money for a few people. Um, and, you know, some of the things being said by those that are the favored of the current president, such as John Kerry, who is the climate czar, who flies around the world in his private plane telling everybody else what they ought to be doing. And they see nothing wrong with it. And when he was criticized, he said, I have every right to fly in my plane. I earned it. Well, don't. Basically, what he's doing is pissing on your foot and telling you it's raining. You know, there's been a lot of discussion in the, the news right now. Even the, our military is admitting UFOs are real. And it turns out all our presidents except Obama knew a lot about Nazi UFOs. President Carter, when he wasn't fighting killer rabbits, reported seeing a UFO right before attending a scheduled meeting with members of the Georgian Lions Club in October 1969. He described it as a glowing circular object changing colors and shapes for an approximate period of 10 minutes. In fact, when he was campaigning in 1976, he talked about his UFO sighting. President Reagan talked about seeing a UFO. He told Lucille Ball he saw a UFO. And um, you know, Steve Allen and Lucille Ball were interviewed, and they said that Reagan uh, told them that he and Nancy saw UFOs on two occasions. The first in 1953 and the second in 1974. And he discussed UFOs and alien threats with several Nazi and Gorbachev. Um, September 1987, while having lunch with Shevardnadze, he talked about the possible threat to Earth from out of the world, and he said, do you think the U.S. and the Soviet Union would come together to fight that threat? And Shevardnadze said, well, certainly. And a White House transcript referred to what President Reagan said to Gorbachev about UFOs and aliens. He made the comment how easy Gorbachev's task and his own would be in these meetings that we held if suddenly there was a threat to this world from some other species from another planet outside the universe. We would forget all about our little differences that have come between our countries. And in 1987 in Moscow, Gorbachev stated such discussions did occur. He said the U.S. president said that if the Earth faced an invasion by extraterrestrials, the U.S. and the Soviet Union would join forces to repel such an invasion. And he said, I won't dispute that hypothesis. And in fact, when he addressed the 42nd session of the U.N. General Assembly in 1987, he talked about that. He talked about an alien threat. He said, we look forward to a time when things we now regard as sources of friction and even danger can become examples of cooperation between ourselves and the Soviet Union. He said, can we and all nations not live in peace? In our obsession with antagonism of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Maybe we need an outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish when we're facing an alien threat from outside this world. And he said, 
I have to ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our people than war and the threat of war? And in brief secret meetings, he echoed his concerns about UFO threats to Prime Minister Mohammed Khan Jandeo of Pakistan and UN Secretary General Javier Perez de Cuellar de La Guerra. And then Admiral uh, J William James Crow Jr., Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, talked to President Reagan and Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher about um, what do you call German UFOs. Now, both Reagan and Crow knew UFOs were not of an alien origin, but rather a mind-blowing German technology developed right before the end of the war. Now, Reagan had limited access to the government's secret file on German UFOs. And then Crow reassured the president German UFOs are not a threat to national security. And he added that President Truman and President Eisenhower had some sort of an agreement with the old school and the remnants of Nazi scientists who previously worked on these UFOs in Germany and Austria and Poland and who were currently operating from Canada, Argentina, and the Antarctic. When he was U.S. Ambassador to Great Britain in 1994, Admiral had intensive talks with Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher about the Falklands War and, of course, the UFOs. And other uh, confirmations of UFOs came from such an unusual uh, source as Jackie Gleason. He was a close friend of President Nixon, had access to secret German UFO files, reports on extraterrestrials, and was allowed into secret storage rooms at Homestead Air Force Base where he saw with his own, eye, own eyes dead alien bodies. And it didn't take Gleason long to represent what he saw for short after he built a house that resembled a German UFO that he saw. He called it the Mothership. It's built in Peekskill, New York. Sheila McRae, who played Alice Cramden on The Honeymooners, said uh, Jackie Gleason described to her and detailed the exterior and interior of UFOs and how concerned the Air Force was. He told McCray these uh, UFOs were made in Germany during the Second World War, and huge ones were made by German scientists who escaped Germany at the end of the war. Bob Considine said that Gleason told the truth, and President Nixon was very well informed about the German UFOs. And not only that, but four other presidents were briefed on German UFOs by the Air Force, and all covered up the whole thing. Didn't want to disturb the population, you know. Beverly Gleason, Jackie Gleason's second wife, told friends, movie stars, and the media her husband and the company of President Nixon saw the bodies of dead aliens in South Florida in 1973. She said after he got back, he was very pleased he had the opportunity to see the dead little men in cases. Word got out Gleason didn't deny the story. In fact, in 87, Gleason told Larry Warren, who was stationed at RAF at Bentwaters in Great Britain, where he uh, served in the Air Force Security Police at the base. According to Mrs. Gleason, President Nixon took her husband to Homestead Air Force Base where he saw with his own eyes these small aliens in a secret storage area. And Jackie Gleason confirmed the story on several occasions and even gave additional details. He stated he went with Nixon through the few areas and laboratories at the base until both were they reached a room uh, where Nixon told him that this room was a storage room of the wreckage of a flying saucer and the remains of dead alien bodies were inside large wooden containers in the room. And then President uh, Nixon and Gleason went into another larger room and saw six or eight glass top containers or freezers containing the remains of some mangled creatures that didn't look human at all. Now, according to Beverly, Beverly McKittrick um, Gleason, that was the second wife, she was really confused because her husband kept changing particular segments of his story. Sometimes he'd tell his wife the dead bodies, the army retreat, aliens, and when he wasn't drinking too much, he'd say the UFOs were German-made, but some of them were piloted by aliens. Lucille Ball said Jackie Gleason did tell her a lot about German UFOs, but she really didn't take him seriously. 
According to Lucille Ball, Gleason said that Richard Nixon told him all the former presidents knew very well what was going on. The Germans were flying their UFOs over the U.S. as a challenge. And he said the president of the U.S. knew the UFOs were real. And a few years later, after the collapse of Nazi Germany, the U.S. collaborated with German, uh, um, with uh, UFOs that German scientists brought to America from Germany and Austria and Poland under Operation Paperclip. Um... General R. O'Donnell, who was head of Strategic Air Force at the time, was listening to Jackie Gleason while talking to columnist Bob Considine, and when they looked at him, he smiled and said, Jackie's right. In fact, there was a story about uh, what Gleason had to say in the National Enquirer, August 17, 1983. Of course, if it comes out in the National Enquirer, you can be sure that 90% of the population ain't going to believe it. And one of the most knowledgeable people on the uh, subject of uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials was former President George Bush Sr. He was director of the CIA. From January 30th, 1976 to January 20th, 1977. Now, some passages taken from official reports, whenever mentioned in the alien transcripts, indicate that President Bush Sr. knew quite a lot about uh, extraterrestrial alien abduction in their spacecraft. He had uh, direct access to the alien transcripts top-secret and above-top-secret reports, studies, and testimonies from civilians in the military and other semi-official and government agencies. While serving as director of the CIA, he gathered and reviewed the world's uh, most detailed and documented reports and findings on alien spacecraft or technology and extraterrestrials, including their interactions with a few non-human beings. Well, the documents he compiled on UFOs, extraterrestrials, vanished. But there's no question they did exist. All our presidents, past and present, smiled when reporters asked them questions about UFOs. Uh, some like Truman and Clinton would give a humorous response. I was like President Bush Sr. and President Bush Jr. would just evade the questions. But now all that's changed. Humor and smiles don't do the trick anymore because UFOs have become something of a serious threat. Now, was never the intention of the CIA as an entity to mislead the general public on matters and issues relating to alien technology and the UFO phenomena. Misleading was not the CIA objective. The CIA and NSA quite rightfully and legally withheld delicate information on these subjects because revealing this information and declassifying certain files will jeopardize national security, the safety and sanity of the American people as well as many other people around the globe. And it wasn't the CIA or NSA that decided to keep the UFO question on an above top secret matter, but two powerful former presidents an extremely influential committee and panel consisting of archbishops and businessmen and extremely influential generals and admirals from the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force that came up with that. When he assumed the office of the President of the U.S., Jimmy Carter sum summoned George Bush Sr., who was then director of the CIA, and asked him to be provided with the CIA's files on UFOs. Bush replied, those files are classified above uh, top secret, and the president didn't have enough security clearance to see the files because they were classified under the jargon, no need to know. In other words, President Carter, being the commander in chief, was not allowed to view the UFOs, uh, the CIA's UFO files, because he didn't need to know. Then he asked the director what he had to do to see those files, and the director candidly but firmly told him he must ask a certain congressional committee to declassify those files. 
And at one time, he tried to get rid of the CIA, which he felt was um, a stumbling block. But he failed. Apparently, Richard Nixon was the only American president access to the UFO secret files. Now, senators are also not permitted to view the UFO's files or even to ask to view them. But Senator Barry Goldwater tried to view some UFO files and see the Blue Room at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where allegedly three alien dead bodies were stored. The senators refused entry, and he was a general in the reserves. Apparently, at Wright-Patterson, there are secret underground storage facilities. In 1994, in an interview conducted by Larry King and broadcast on CNN, Goldwater said, I was at Wright-Patterson. If you could get into a certain place, you'd find out what the Air Force and the government does know about UFOs. Reportedly, a spaceship landed, and it was all hushed up. Well, I called Curtis Lillay, and I said, General, I know we have a room at Wright-Patterson where you put all this secret stuff. Can I go in there? He said, I never heard LeMay get mad, but he got madder than hell at me, cussed me out, and said, don't ever ask me that question again. Now, Barry Goldwater was a powerful politician, former presidential candidate, former major general in the U.S. Army Air Corps, and a member of the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence for many years. He couldn't see the UFO files or go into the Blue Room. He said, I've investigated an incident at Roswell through every possible agency that might have some responsibility. The FBI, Hoover, who shut them off quickly, and the NRO, the DIA, the NSA, and gained nothing more than hell from the Pentagon. He says, I'm as curious about those facts as you are. And the reaction he got from LeMay and the on-site Roswell facts known by General Butch Blanchard uh, told me one thing that did happen and is a major secret regarding UFOs and aliens of our time. Now, General... LeMay, chairman of the Military Joint Chiefs of Staff at the Pentagon, was angry, and he told him he had no need to know, and Blanchard, who was a close friend of his since World War II, was the person that announced that a disc had crashed near Roswell in 47. And now this cussing out about LeMay did wake him up to the fact that UFO situations the highest level of national security, much higher than the H-bomb, was, and more than anything else that is known within the Pentagon, and FBI and the CIA and the DIA and the NSA and all the other alphabet agencies. That is, nothing is higher security than aliens being here on this planet. He said, then I realized Curtis was a correct. I never again approached him on that subject. That seemed to prove to Goldwater UFOs were a fact and do exist. But he had a question. Are they all alien? Well, he thought they probably were. Uh, just got a news flash. CNN fired Don Lemon, finally. Now, it turns out, evidence suggests that President Truman covered up the possibility that UFOs were of German origin. From day one, President Truman and the Pentagon didn't want anybody to know a thing about UFOs. The president had multiple reasons for to cover up everything, which the military only had three reasons. Number one, UFOs are purely military secret, so the whole situation should remain exclusively under military jurisdiction and authority. Number two, they wanted to prevent the Russians from knowing what the military knew about the German UFOs and what the military was doing. And three, the military couldn't come up with a plausible explanation for what these UFOs were actually, and they needed to be able to share the American people UFOs were not a danger. Now, before February 1947, the U.S. believed UFOs were extraterrestrial. The OSS and Richard Helms concluded that there was uh, some sort of connection with extraterrestrials were an intricate part of the creation and development of UFOs and other enigmatic flying machines. In other words, according to this information, UFOs were part German and part extraterrestrial. 
And for an extended period of time, top German scientists, both Nazis and non-Nazis, who were recruited by us, wouldn't talk about the true origin of the UFOs. Now, some would say UFOs were German-made. Others, like Dr. von Braun and Dr. Hermann Oberth, uh, reluctantly would admit that German got help from extraterrestrials. There is record of statements made by Dr. Oberth, which uh, de facto ascertains that uh, German scientists got help from the aliens. After April of 1947, the military changed its opinion about the nature and origin of UFOs and became convinced that UFOs of the era were results of the research of Victor Sloberger, uh, General Dr. Dornberger, Dr. von Braun, Alexander Lippisch, Dr. Richard Meith, Carl Schappel, USS General Jacob Sporenberg, General Ernst Udit, Dr. Schumann, and maybe Maria Orsic. They based their original convictions on UFO patents registered in Germany in drawings, maps, and sketches of engines and machines and crafts invented by Nazi scientists, such as um, the Lipschitz um, Aerodun, uh, Lipschitz DM-1, the Delta Wing plane, Lipschitz supersonic and transcontinental bomber, uh, was known as the Aurora, and there were prototypes built. Arthur Sachs circular flying machine, the German ME-163, Rudolf Schreiber's technical data, Alberto Finoglio's uh, sketches and blueprints, and the Horton 229. The German UFOs were considered by the military a top-secret military affair. Consequently, the American public, the media, as well as other intel and national security agencies weren't permitted to know a thing about UFOs. Only the military was allowed to deal with them. It was considered a military secret and had nothing to do with politics. Now, one of the masterminds behind this theory was Dr. Ho Dr. General Hoyt Vandenberg, who was a hero in his own right and who was considered to be one of the most feared and powerful generals in American history. Now, he was probably right, taking into consideration that German UFOs were military secret, and military secrets never be revealed. But there's a lot of disagreement with his tactics to deceive and even intimidate all those uh, military, uh, political, or scientists who were assigned the duties to investigate German military technology and report on the UFOs and distort the truth. He was the architect of the most elaborate UFO cover-up in military history. In April of 48, intensive investigation and assessment of German UFOs as well as recent UFO sighting reports were sent to General Vandenberg. And that year, he was in charge of anything and everything related to UFOs. The reports included very clear photos of the UFOs, new testimony by German scientists, and witness accounts. The general refused the reports and commented UFO sightings and witness accounts could and should not be taken seriously for lack of evidence. In other words, he absolutely rejected everything. The general believed every word in the reports, but he wanted to crash all sorts of stories about UFOs, silence witnesses, and discourage anybody and everybody, including his own personnel, from reporting anything on UFOs. And he instructed his people to describe the UFO sightings as hoaxes to discredit and ridicule all those who report UFO sightings. In addition, he threatened the officers who pursued and authenticated UFO sightings and credible reports and let them know they'd be court-martialed if they continued to push. To make matters even more confusing, Richard Helm refused to share with President Truman what he knew about the German UFOs. And he had a good reason for not revealing secrets about the UFOs. He didn't want the Russians to know a thing about the Nazi UFO program, which is understandable. Now, Harry Truman was, in fact, the first American president to further control the CIA, simply because he created that agency by signing the National Security Act in 1947. He abolished the officer strategic services which served during World War II and got rid of General William Donovan, a protege of President Roosevelt and former head of the OSS. He solidified his control over the CIA. Truman was also the first and most informed American president on anything related to UFOs, inter extraterrestrials, interterrestrials, um, 
succeeded uh, second only to uh, President George Bush Sr. served as director of CIA from January of uh, 76 to January 77. He replaced William Colby, don't you know? President Truman was also the first American president to get a full report and detailed data on the German UFOs, Nazi exotic weapons, and the Foo Fighters. He was delighted to see ufologists and a large portion of the general public spread stories and allegations about aliens and extraterrestrial UFOs. Now, the CIA warned him that the whole charade could backfire, but he really didn't care. In fact, insiders talked about how much Truman actually distrusted the CIA. He learned and inherited distrusting people and agencies from his own boss, President Roosevelt. By the end of the 40s and the beginning of the 50s, Truman knew he'd be dealing with German UFOs instead of extraterrestrial UFOs. Harry Truman, Dwight Eisenhower, and George Bush Sr. were vividly interested in the UFO question, but Truman was the first to create a protocol and procedures on how to initiate and conduct investigations and gather information about UFOs. He allocated huge secret budgets for research on German UFOs and how German flying saucers could be used militarily. By the end of his presidency, he had actually, though, lost interest in UFOs and aliens who he once called them space monkeys. But in actuality, did he lose interest? Quite a few top-secret presidential memoranda signed by President Truman, President Eisenhower, and President Nixon that gave full authority to the CIA to disseminate information to confuse, disorient, and misinform the Soviet Union. One of Truman's secret memoranda references made to the aliens' influence and remnants of the Nazi aerospace engineers' uh, total control over strategic military points that could cause embarrassment to the U.S. Uh, Air Force, Army, and Navy. Nevertheless, the term alien technology is quickly and secretly replaced by Nazi UFOs and German technology. He made it clear these subjects should not be made public, communicated to the armed forces, and shared with other agencies. He did okay operations to uncover and investigate anything and everything related to German UFOs. Ordered the CIA to gather everything they could find here and abroad on German UFOs and investigate and assess OSS reports and findings on German technology and scientists. By the same token, though, he specifically informed the agency he was not interested in reading their reports on German UFOs and learned about their fightings. He gave the agency carte blanche with unlimited authority and power. Also authorized the agency to solicit the help of foreign agents if necessary, and they did. European spies, Russian operatives, and British agents worked for the agency. They recruited four former British codebreakers who cracked the code of the German Enigma machine at the Signals Intelligence Center at Bletchley Park in England. In fact, two scientists from Poland were the first to unlock the complicated mechanism of Enigma the decipher its code, not the British. Alan Turing was one of the first British codebreakers to join the agency's efforts to learn about alien symbols and codes. Again, the word aliens was replaced by German technology. On more than one agency, Truman told the head of the agency not to bother him anymore with UFO and alien stuff. At the same time, he made it clear to him that nobody, no other agency, nobody, not even the Air Force, should know about all this. In other words, the agency, the CIA, had to report to nobody, to no one. Director of the FBI, Hoover, and the military found out, and they were highly pissed off. They know when the Pentagon and the Air Force became heavily involved with UFOs and took over the whole thing, Hoover wrote to them and asked to be permanently informed. One of the letters, he precisely showed an interest in the recovered dead bodies of three aliens. When the military ignored his request, Hoover had a fit. But somehow he managed to get some very important documents from the CIA. And although Truman gave full authority to the agency to take care of the German UFO business, secretly he created his own committee to oversee what the agency was doing. It's very ironic because in a previous secret memo and during a verbal communication with the director of the agency, Truman made it clear to him he's not interested in reading the reports and findings of the agency on UFOs and aliens. In fact, it's not so ironic if you know a little bit about the character of Truman. He did it and said it on purpose so he would and could legally and honestly deny any knowledge of aliens and UFOs. He was protecting, he said, the integrity of the office of the President of the United States.
Later on, it was found out that President Truman's intention was much broader. He wanted to set the foundation of isolating any politician, any senator, any congressman, including future presidents, from knowing anything about German UFOs. Now, it was bizarre, but it did happen. His last communication with the director of the agency would occur exclusively in the Oval Office. Only Marshall was allowed to be president. Even Defense Secretary James V. Forrestal was barred from all these meetings. May 22, 1949. Forrestal, who had been locked up at the Bethesda Naval Hospital, allegedly committed suicide. He was quarantined on the 16th floor suite for psychiatric evaluation and intensive care. Reporting his death is issued by the hospital stated he jumped from a window on the 16th floor. Now, a very close associate of his said they killed him. The secretary was taken by force to the Bethesda Naval Hospital in order from President Truman. About and around the clock, foreign military police guarded his room. That was a polite way to say he was under a constant watch, not for his own safety, but to make sure that uh, it was planned it could be carried out without interference or suspicion. Many folks believe that Forrestal was the first official victim of the German UFO alien cover-up. The, uh, the AT transcripts didn't make any reference to the suicide incident. However, insiders couldn't keep their mouths shut. Frustrated, they spread the rumor that hired operatives from the secret U.S. agency closely related to the U.S. military intelligence, not the CIA, killed him and threw him out the window. During the Second World War, Germany was sending fleets of submarines, ships, and exotic spacecraft to their unofficial colony, the, the New Swabenland in the Antarctic, and to other secret locations, underground bases known under the Himmler and Kamler, and to an elite of their military scientists. Insiders, as well as U.S. and British intelligence, confirmed these secret underground bases were later used by the Germans after the war as their new headquarters and center for their UFOs. Files upon files confiscated by the Allies at the secret German bases in the Hartz Mountain, Thuringia, and Finnemunda referred to the Antarctic's locations. The OSS and U.S. military intelligence compiled lists and dossiers of highly advanced types and new classes of post-war German UFOs were built at these locations. In 1950, one of the CIA's secret memoranda revealed, in fact, a highly advanced type of German UFO, as well as the UFO seen over the U.S. and Europe, came from the Antarctic's uh, German new headquarters. In 1951, the Soviet Union and the U.S. secretly and jointly sent two expeditions to Antarctica to spy on post-war Germany's new UFO centers and Underground factories in a secret CIA memoranda issued by General Walter Bedell Smith, then directed the CIA, and in a secret memorandum issued by Alan Dulles, Dulles, then the deputy director of the agency. In addition to the immense New Swabenland UFO Center, post-war Germany scientists also established secret UFO factories in remote areas of Canada. This was confirmed by uh, Dr. Von Braun, Major Eric Hotman. Erna Flegel and Rudolf Schreiber, Dr. Herman Oberth, General Dr. Walter Dornberger, Dr. Heinrich Richard Meitha, Dr. Albert uh, Kockendorfer, Dr. Bruno Wolf Bruckman, Robert Siemens, Associate NASA Director, Walter Heisman, NASA Director of Air, uh, Astrionics uh, Division, Major General John Barton, of course, by Lieutenant Colonels Walter and Raymar Horton. Now, two very influential American Catholic archbishops were instrumental in shaping the non-disclosure policies about UFO crashes near Roswell and dissemination of information about the existence of extraterrestrials. Both were archbishops in New York, uh, Francis Joseph Cardinal Spellman um, and Terence James Cardinal Cook. 
Reverend Billy Graham was officially consulted by two American presidents on extraterrestrial affairs and nature and encounters. He shared the opinion of the Catholic prelates and recommended the alien question shouldn't be discussed publicly and any pertinent information should be handled by an utmost secrecy filming public's mass hysteria. One of the most sensitive and frightening topics involving Nikola, Nikola Tesla was his death beam invention, which was identical to the Nazi death ray. The FBI and the U.S. military intelligence units and branches became extremely interested in his invention and its practical uses as a weapon. Our intelligence agency had already gathered an intensive amount of data and information on the German death ray, which the Nazi scientists added to their UFOs. White House and the Pentagon feared that Tesla's beam blueprints might fall into the hands of the Soviets, who tried through the NKVD and their contacts uh, and meetings with German scientists, Dr. Sanger in Geneva, to learn as much as possible about this frightening technology. In fact, the Russians tried several times to kidnap Dr. Sanger, but Fortunately, they failed. Now, Tesla's files included more than the blueprints of the death beam. Special Agents A and Special Agent C stalled on a Tesla file called Exoterracon Gamma, which outlined precise details on the mode of operation of UFOs. On the back of the file, the word Gamma was written in blue ink. At that point in time, though, nobody took the Exoterracon very seriously. Tom Brass the Pentagon thought Tesla was nuts, despite the fact that they were fully aware of some of uh, his undisclosed inventions could change the face and history of modern weaponry. Written in code, Tesla described in the Exoterracon, later called Tesla Government Filed, how extraterrestrials communicate the sequences of dots, one and zero in extraterrestrials' messages, a warning sent by an extraterrestrial civilization or another galactic colony, and Maria Osik's technical formula in Dr. Schumann's German real UFO notes. At the end of World War II, U.S. government, possibly uh, Truman's Secretary of State, uh, General George C. Marshall, was in charge of the secret correspondence with the British. And they asked the help of the, of the decipherers at the British Admiralty to decipher Tesla's code relating to alien recorded messages by the elusive genius and a technical date on UFOs written in a dead language, possibly Sumerian. In a documentary on Tesla's legacy, the PBS stated word for word, the morning after the inventor's death, his nephew, Siva Kosanovic, hurried to his uncle's room at the Hotel New Yorker in New York. He was an up-and-coming Yugoslav official with suspected connections to the Communist Party in his country. By the time he got there, Tesla's body had already been removed and somebody had already gone through his uncle's effects. Technical papers were missing. There was a black notebook he knew Tesla kept. That was a notebook with several hundred pages, some of which were marked government. The uh, it's the same file originally uh, called by Tesla Exoterracon Gamma. P.E. Foxworth, an assistant director of the New York FBI Bureau, was called in by Hoover to investigate, to gather all Tesla's scientific documents, and to come up with a list of Tesla's friends, especially those who had no uh, known to have a tie with the communists. Back then, Foxworth stated the U.S. government was vitally interested in preserving Tesla's papers for posterity and further scientific study. Now we know the U.S. government's interest in preserving Tesla's papers was neither an academic nature nor the preservation of the work of a genius. Two days after Tesla's death in New York, four officials in the Office of Alien Property went to his room and the New Yorker Hotel and confiscated everything in the room. Absolutely everything, including his... Uh, bathrobe and shoes. The FBI and the Office of uh, Alien Property used the word possessions. Uh, that meant all his possessions, including all personal effects, scientific drawings, formula, and particularly the death beam file. It was known uh, as the Tesla, Tesla death ray. Now, J. Edgar Hoover, then director of the FBI, called called Dr. John Trump, a scientist uh, who was an electrical engineer who worked with the National Defense Research Committee established by the Office of Scientific Research and Development and asked him to study and assess the two files in question. At the time, the Office of Alien Property Order sent to Hoover a duplicate of those files. Dr. Trump provided Hoover with a scary report. Um, 
Now, man, that's exactly what Hoover called it, a scary report. Now, Hoover, as usual, a smooth talker and a master of disinformation and threats, kept the original report of Trump in the secret vaults of the FBI. Fearing that something might happen uh, to the secret vaults, he asked his close friend, Cron Tulsa, to hide Trump's files somewhere nobody could find. Rumors surfaced that Tolson kept Trump's report in the attic of an aunt of his who lived on Wisconsin Avenue in northwest Washington, D.C. Pressed by the Pentagon to release the report of Dr. Trump. We were at once summoned Trump, asked him to come up with a new version of his report and delete any reference made to extraterrestrials and array of death. A... Uh, this type of camouflage echoes the infamous fake photos of the Roswell weather balloon wreckage manufactured and displayed by the military. Now, according to Trump's conclusions, Tesla's thoughts and efforts during at least the past 15 years are primarily with speculative, philosophical, somewhat promotional character, often concerned with the production and wireless transmission of power didn't include new, sound, workable principles or methods of utilizing those results. So that should have been the end of the story in Tesla's files. But actually it wasn't. November 17th, or maybe the 19th, 1947, the Pentagon called General L.C. Craigie to inform him that they'd be sending him Tesla's government file, the Exoterracon, and the Tesla Bean file for further study. The big boys at the Pentagon became convinced that the extraterrestrial code deciphered by Tesla could help them solve some of the mysteries of alien technology and the, the beam stick they found on the site of a UFO crash near Roswell. On November 21st, 1947, the files were dispatched to Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, where Brigadier General Craigie started a secret operation codenamed Project Nick. Nick, of course, referred to Nikola Tesla. Dr. Teller and Von Braun were called in to participate in the operation and their scientific expertise. And Craigie began a series of experiments with no apparent success. Now, on that note, we come to the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow and talk more about German UFOs and the Nikola Tesla files. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.